Romans chapter number 3. Romans chapter number 3 tonight. And we'll be going to be dealing with verse 19 through the end of the chapter. We have seen in our journey here in the book of Romans, in Romans 1, Paul showed that the Gentile is guilty before God. Jews were having it good at that point until in chapter 2, he showed that the Jew was also guilty before God. And in chapter 3, what we've seen thus far is that Paul reiterates the universal nature of sin there in verses 10 through 12, that uh, there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned. Amen. That's, uh, that's the bottom line here. Look at uh, verse 10. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all going out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Guilty, guilty, guilty. All are guilty, both Jew and Gentile. And after knocking the props out from under both Jew and Gentile, Paul enters into the theme of divine righteousness in verses 19 through 31. No one gets to heaven apart from having righteousness. That's the only thing that gets us into heaven. Not our personal righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's applied by grace through faith in our life. Uh, since no man uh, has true righteousness of his own, he needs help. We all needed that help. And thank God we find it in Jesus. First thing I want us to see tonight is divine righteousness is attained apart from the deeds of the law. Verse 19 and 20 says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and that all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Uh, so divine righteousness is attained apart from the deeds of the law. The law's pronouncements are for those who are under the law. Uh, those who are under the law are, is somewhat, it says, well, you know, I'm just going to keep the Ten Commandments and I'm going to, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going to hope for the best to get to heaven. Not a good plan. <laughs> Number one, you can't keep the Ten Commandments and that's not, all the, that's not the whole law. I mean, even if you could keep the Ten Commandments, uh, uh, that would be a great thing, but none of us can do that. And uh, we, we know that Galatians 3, verse number 10 says, For as many as are under, uh, that is, are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, uh, that what Paul was referencing there in Galatians 3.10 was a, a verse out of Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse 26 that says, Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of this law to do them. In other words, you want to be, you want to be justified by the law? Then do it all. Don't break any of them. And, and oh, by the way, if you broke them in the past, uh, you're going to have to pay for that too. <laughs> It's not a matter of, well, from this point forward, I'm going to keep the law. You couldn't do that if you, if you tried. Uh, but uh, uh, even if you were able to do that, you've got the problem of you've already broken the law. James 2.10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend, in one point he is guilty of all. 
you're a lawbreaker. How many laws does it take to be a lawbreaker? How many laws broken? Just one to be a lawbreaker. And so we all are lawbreakers. Um, another thing here is the law's ministry and purpose was really not for salvation. It was to show mankind as the sinner he really and truly is. Uh, and that's why it says, therefore, by the law is the knowledge of sin there in verse number 20. It pr- pronounces us guilty, guilty, guilty. And, uh, you know, the law was not, it's not a way for a person to be declared righteous before God. There's no way to be justified in God's sight by the law. Uh, hold your place there. Look at Galatians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter number 2. And, and we see the Apostle Paul writes to the Galatian believers there in Galatians 2 and verse number 16. He said, well, why was he writing to the believers this way? Because there were some who were being deceived into to thinking that, well, salvation is by, uh, you got to accept Christ and then you got to keep the works of the law. And he said, hey, you can't keep the works of the law. You know, that salvation is by grace through faith. It's, it, it is totally of grace. And uh, he was uh, making a, a note to them that n- nobody is justified by the works of the law. Galatians 2 and verse number 16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. It's plain and clear right there. There's no, there's no uh, guessing of, of what he means there, is there? Uh, the only way to be justified is, is through faith. And we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and we were saved and what a blessing that was in our life. So divine righteousness is attained apart from the deeds of the law. Divine righteousness, number two, has been manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, this is important uh, because Jesus is our, uh, he, he is our substitute. He is our sacrifice. And in order to have uh, a proper sacrifice, you had to have a sinless sacrifice. Well, how, how is it that everybody else has sin and Jesus Christ doesn't have sin? Well, we're in the Christmas season now. We're not quite over in the end of December. We're, we're past Thanksgiving, so we'll, we'll talk about Christmas a little bit here. Uh, it's through the virgin birth. The virgin birth uh, means that uh, through the Lord uh, Jesus Christ's veins did not flow the blood of Adam. He, he was not in Adam. Uh, the, 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 what, hap, what transpired in the womb of Mary was the, the Holy Ghost came upon her. The power of the high uh, was manifest in her life and uh, that was the very Son of God. Not the Son of Adam, but the Son, the son of God that was born to her uh, on that night in Bethlehem. Um, now let's think about this divine righteousness. Uh, it's been manifested in the person of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21. It says, But now the righteousness of God... Notice this, without the law being, uh, is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Um, that is, it has been made known. We talk, when we talk about it being manifested, something that's manifested has been made plain or made known. 
witnessed by the law and the prophets there in verse 21. It also talks about there, the word witness means testified. It's testified to by uh, the Old Testament prophets. They were, they were saying that uh, God was going to send um, a servant. Uh, uh, he was going to uh, send uh, the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. He didn't call him by name, but it was going to be his, his, his son that would be coming into the world. 1 Timothy 3.16 says this, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. There's the key right there. Jesus Christ is God. God was manifest in the flesh. That's Jesus. Justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And this is why the deity of Christ is so important. If you take away Christ's deity, then His righteousness comes into question. If He wasn't God, then maybe He sinned. But He is God. And He did not sin. Amen. He was he was totally totally righteous. He could not sin because he was God. Uh, Emmanuel. God means God with us. He he was God manifested in the flesh. Luke twenty four and verse twenty seven. Uh, at the beginning, Jesus uh, uh, there at the after he had uh, arisen from the grave was talking to his disciples after he had showed himself alive to them, uh, coming to them. And it says in Luke 24, 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now even though Jesus' name is not mentioned in the Old Testament, he is testified to all throughout the, uh, the Old Testament. And that's what Jesus was speaking of. He, he went back and showed them from, the, from Moses' writings all in, into the prophets the things that were about him. And we can, uh, we can take a look at those things too and we can, we can see those. Luke 24 verse 44, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written uh, in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. So that is the, the witness. The witness was this, this uh, servant's coming. Jesus came and said, I'm, you know, I'm, the, I'm that one. He's the one that revealed uh, himself there as being the, the, uh, the one that was testified to by the Old Testament prophets. So divine righteousness is attained apart from the deeds of the law. Divine righteousness has been manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. Number three here, divine righteousness is attained by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, now let's back up to verse 21 and, and get, get it together with verse 22 and 23. But now the righteousness of God, and he's fixing to show us that it's Christ. The, Christ is the righteousness of God without the law that was witnessed by the law and the prophets. He says in verse 22, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. And you know, we, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we, we see uh, divine righteousness is attained by faith in Jesus Christ. Um, in Acts 13.39, uh, it said there, and, and by him all that believe are justified from all things 
from which the, that ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. <laughs> it's only through Christ that we could be justified at all. Now that, in verse 23 when it says uh, we've come short, uh, that's translated from a, a single Greek verb that uh, is in a tense that means that we keep on falling short. Okay? It's not that we fell short one time, it's that you, you continue to fall short. And I don't know about you, but I continue to fall short. Amen. Can you recognize that? We continue to fall short. Aren't you glad that the, the other part of this thing that is a continuing thing where it says being justified, that is also translated from a word that's in the same tense, which means we keep on being declared righteous. We keep on being justified. We keep on being justified and declared righteous because of our faith through Jesus Christ. Now, there in verse 24, we see divine righteousness is freely bestowed by God's grace. And that's what it is. Friend. It's, it's grace. It's, it's gifted to us. The word translated freely means as a free gift, <laughs> without charge. Uh, can you imagine trying to pay for uh, what Christ did for us? None of us could pay it, could we? Uh, he, paid, he paid something that we could not pay. And uh, listen to a couple of verses here. Psalm 49, verse 6 through 8. It says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give a God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever. In other words, uh, you got somebody that's in your family that's lost. And, uh, you know, you, you want them to go to heaven? Well, uh, it doesn't matter how much money. You could have uh, 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 the kind of money that uh, the guy that owns Amazon has. And you still couldn't buy their way into heaven. You couldn't buy your way. You couldn't buy their way into heaven. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9 tells us, For by grace, that means it's a gift. By grace... Are you saved through faith? And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Grace means God's riches at Christ's expense. Christ is the only one that could pay the price for our sins. And that divine righteousness is freely bestowed by God's grace. A fifth thing here is divine righteousness was made possible for mankind only by the death of of Jesus. There's no other way to be saved. <laughs> Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. No other way. It's, it's through Jesus or you're not going to get there. Look at verse uh, 24 again. Being justified freely by His grace through redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation. And there's one in what I like to call $50 words, right? Propitiation. And we're not, we're not, that's not a word we use every day, is it? And God has set forth to be a propitiation. We'll tell you what that means in a minute. Through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are, are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And, and so... Uh, here we see 
divine righteousness was made possible for mankind only by the death of Jesus. Through the redemption, it says there in verse 24. Redemption means a ransom payment in full. Well, uh, what what is the ransom payment for sin? Death. That's what God told uh, Adam in in the garden. So, you know, the day that thou eatest, thou, thou shalt surely die. And uh, death was the, the payment. Death of Christ on the cross of Calvary was the price of payment for mankind's sin, which secured release from the bondage of Satan and sin for every person who trusts God's promise of forgiveness and salvation through him. And he said, well, this has got to be more to it than that. No, my friend, there's nothing, there's nothing more. It, it is that simple. Christ paid the, the price of sin. And through faith, through believing that what he did on the cross is sufficient to save you, believing he did that for you as well as he did it for me. You know, he didn't, he didn't come just to save a few. His blood is sufficient to save anyone that will come to him. But listen, he cannot save anyone that will not come to him. Yeah. If you will come to Him, He'll save you. But if you won't come to Him, He can't save you. Um, now, let's get to that word, that big $50 word. Set forth to be a propitiation. Propitiation means sacrifice of atonement in full view. Here's the picture. Okay, um, In the Old Testament tabernacle, they would kill the animal. In fact, uh, once a year, a bull's blood was shed and it was sprinkled on the mercy seat of the tabernacle. And that was done on the Day of Atonement to cover Israel's sins and satisfy God for another year. When that blood was applied, that was the propitiation. That was the, that was the satisfaction that was needed. It satisfied the, uh, God for another year. It was the sacrifice of atonement. Jesus' death is the final sacrifice which completely satisfied God's holy demands against a sinful people. And so we avert God's wrath through faith in Christ. It's only though by grace through faith in Him. Um, look at a couple of verses in 1 John. 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John 2. That's there near, near the book of Revelation. You work your way back from the beginning of Revelation, you'll get to Jude and you'll get 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And if you go to, to 1st John and chapter number 2 uh, and look at verse number 2 and then we'll go to 1st John 4. Um, because it uses that big word, propitiation here, and shows that Jesus is that uh, for us. 1st John 2, uh, let's, let's look at... Um, uh, verse number one, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. <laughs> Boy, it wouldn't be nice if we did not sin, <laughs> uh, but we, we know that we do. He says, and if any man sin, which you will, we, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. An advocate is a go-between. He's a, we would think of him today as, a, as an attorney. Goes, goes and pleads on our behalf. Uh, uh, and who is that? Uh, Jesus Christ is our advocate. And he is the propitiation. Jesus is the propitiation, is what that means. 
He's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus paid the price for the sin of the whole world, but the way it's applied is by grace through faith. It's got to be applied by faith. You don't believe on Christ, it's not applied to your, 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 uh, your account. Uh, think about how, how sad it is. You know, how sad would it be if someone was living as a pauper out on the streets, homeless, and yet they had money that was provided for them if they would only access it. And they knew about the money, but they just didn't believe all the talk about the money being there. Wouldn't that be sad? It would really be sad. Well, think about Christ. Christ's salvation is available to all. And it's uh, available to, to uh, satisfy God's demands. Uh, but yet there's so many people that will not come to Christ. Look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 10. 1 John 4 and verse number 10. Let's back up to verse number 9. And this was manifested the love of God toward us. Listen, if you ever begin to doubt God's love, all you need to do is look look at Calvary because that's where God's love was manifested. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the, there's that big word, propitiation for our sins. He's the sacrifice. He is the satisfaction. He is that uh, uh, atonement, that uh, blood on the mercy seat, that uh, that satisfies the demands of a holy God. What a wonderful thing. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. Just a little bit further back. If you keep, keep flipping to your left there. You'll, find, you'll eventually get to Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 9 and verse number, uh, look at verse number 11. Hebrews 9 and verse number 11. We're talking about Jesus is set forth as a propitiation. And here it's, it's giving that picture of the Old Testament sacrifices c- c- uh, compared with what Jesus did. Um, and uh, I'm not going to read back up uh, uh, earlier. Uh, and Well, l- let's do back up earlier. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, let's, uh, let's take a look at uh, verse number 5. The, the word mercy seat there is that same word propitiation okay Uh, but he's talking about the first tabernacle now look at verse number six now when these things were thus ordained the priests went always into the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of god all right what would they do well they kill the kill the animal take the blood carry the blood within and into the holy of holies and ply the blood look at verse seven but into the second uh that is the the uh, uh and that holy of holies into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. Uh, in fact, if he went in there without blood, by the way, he that'd be he he would die, and he would have he they put a rope around around the uh, uh, priest that would go in there to minister. So if he died, they could pull him out. Okay, they they would do that. Uh, but he, he would not go in there without blood. 
Verse 8, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Uh, In other words, Christ was yet to come. Okay, Verse 9, which was a figure. It was a picture for, for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. In other words, all that blood that was shed, all those animals that were killed and the blood that was shed, it, it pointed toward uh, that one perfect sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ, but none of, none of these uh, uh, sacrifices could take away sin. Look at verse 10. Um well, let's look at verse 11. Verse 11. But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, it wasn't of the earthly tabernacle, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the purifying of the flesh, and it would for a year time, the the, uh, the Lord allowed the, their blood to allowed their sin to be covered for a year. Verse fourteen: How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve? The living God. Now, skip down to verse number 22. And this is important. Almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. No one could get forgiveness of their sin apart from the shedding of blood. That's why Jesus came. Uh, It says in verse 23, It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. Uh, talking about blood sacrifices, but but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Uh, not the blood of bulls and goats, but the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's talking about in verse 24. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, uh, but into the heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet... Uh, that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every every year with blood of others. For then uh, must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So uh, Christ is that propitiation. He is that satisfaction. He is that atoning sacrifice that uh, was made for us. Uh, back to our uh, passage of Scripture. Let's take a look at uh, verse 26 again. Uh, back in Romans 3 and verse number 26. It, it says there, it says to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. He declared the righteousness of God. When Christ gave himself up on the cross of Calvary, he said, there's a righteous God in heaven that is needing your sin to be atoned. 
And I'm providing that for you. <laughs> he declared the righteousness of God and he demonstrated God's justice in going to the cross and suffering what we should rightfully have suffered. And he, in doing so, he was both just and the justifier. He, he was just in that he did not personally sin. He was a perfect sinless sacrifice. And, but by being the perfect sinless sacrifice, he became our justifier. He became our justification. Now look at verse 27. Where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. See, divine righteousness takes away all personal boasting. Nobody can say, I got here on my own. No, no, no. No, you didn't. You, you got there by, the, by Jesus Christ. You're not going to get there. <laughs> and uh, it takes away all personal boasting. And, and divine righteousness is a provision by God for both Jew and Gentile. Now, this is important. We're going to close with this. Uh, but I want you to see this. It's very important because, you know, he, he, said, he said, Jew and Gentile, both are sinners. Well, how does salvation come? Well, it don't come a Jewish way and a Gentile way. It comes God's way through Jesus Christ, a one way. Uh, look at uh, verse number 28. Uh, Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith. A man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. What man? Any man. The only way you're justified is by faith without the deeds of the law. And verse 29, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also uh, of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. In other words, circumcision is another name for the Jews. Uh, how, are they, how are they justified? By faith. How are, the, how are the Gentiles, the uncircumcision, how are they justified? Through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, uh, yea, we establish the law. A uh, couple of places I want you to turn here. Uh, just a few pages over there uh, in, in Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10, and look at verse number 11 through 13 here. Romans 10, verse number 11. And this is right after, you know, we use the, the passage of Scripture here, uh, uh, verse 9 and 10, Jews, when we believe someone to Christ, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him to the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Keep reading. For the Scripture saith, whosoever, Jew and Gentile, okay, whosoever, Jew or Gentile, believeth on him, shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For, for the same Lord is, is uh, overall is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. You put your name there. You know, if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. If you call on Him, and, and uh, call on Him by grace through faith that's uh, available there in, in Christ Jesus. Look at Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3. This is the last place I'll have you turn. Galatians 3. And look at verse number 6. Galatians 3 verse number 6 through 9 is what we're going to take a look at here. And he's trying to show these uh, Galatian 
believers that they're, they're, they're crazy to, to think anything other than salvation is by grace through faith. And look at verse number 6. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted in him for righteousness. There was, there was no law in Abraham's day. He just had faith in God. God told him what he was going to do. And he, he believed God and was counted in him for righteousness. He said, verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. In other words, you don't have to be a Jew to be a child of Abraham. That's what he says in verse 8. Look at, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Not just the Jewish nation, but all nations. How is that possible? By grace through faith. <laughs> so, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So uh, Paul has gone the full circle showing uh, Jew, uh, the Gentiles are sinners. Jews are sinners. Uh, all are sinners. <laughs> need, to, need to be saved. But we're all saved the same way. Jew and Gentile need to make sure that they have this divine righteousness that was provided uh, only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And after we have acquired this divine righteousness, we need to be declaring it to others. Declaring th this divine righteousness that, hey, look, Christ died for your sins. You can be saved. Uh, you're not good the way that you're going. You're not good enough to make it into heaven on your own. You need what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. And uh, we, we are to be declaring this divine righteousness. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight.